Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your Rosie O'Donnell hostess with the most this Michael Munoz. And welcome to In Yo! Mouth. I'm the queen of food who's always in the mood to lick it right, lick it good, show you how to. Oh God, that's good. I wanna know what you eat from the streets to the sheets. So open wide, honey. I'm coming. In goosebumps. <laughs> hey there, and welcome back, folks. Once again, I'm your hostess with the most is Munoz, and. Oh, what a day it is. I am super excited for today's episode because I have yet another one of my good gal pals with me. One Joe Padanoster. Say hi to the kids, Joe. Hey, how's it going? Thank you, Munoz, for having me. Yes. Well, thank you for being here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. I wish it was a little warmer outside, but... I mean, it's fucking cold. (laughs) It's making me want summer even more. (laughs) (laughs) just to be scantily clad running through the streets of New York. Well, I thought it would be really exciting to have Joe on the pod today because Joe, um, and we talk about this a lot on this podcast uh, for many different reasons, right? Just uh, weight in general, weight and weight loss and gay body dysmorphia and, you know, the whole rundown of it all. It is a food podcast after all. And as gay men, I think we're, I think we're a little weight upset. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's 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 be honest about it, you know. And uh, Joe had a uh, surgery done, a vertical gastric sleeve yes. done. Out of and so, sleeve, yes. yes. So um, I thought it would be really interesting for the listeners to hear out there just about your journey and what that's all about and what that's like and you know the pros, the cons, and what what it all means. But before we even get there, Joe, welcome to In Yo Mouth and Happy National Chocolate Mint Day. Ooh, that's a thing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm with it. I'm all for that. Yeah? 100%. Chocolate chocolate mint day. So here on In Yo Mouth, we celebrate every National Food Day, and it just so happens to be National <laughs> Chocolate Mint oh, Day. Put that on my pillow. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and Andy's candy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that rectangle of goodness. Yeah, that's that's good. You know, dip it, dip that in my coffee this morning. Hello. I should have. You know what? 
Had I had more time this morning, um, I would have picked some up. But it's it's also Girl Scout season, so like those thin mints, I think they count. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to the Girl Scouts and our. You know what? For keeping us winter weighty, to say the least. And helping with that body dysmorphia. <laughs> right? Right? Or just sitting crying over Thin Mints that, like, you can't lose weight, but yet you've eaten, like, three boxes of them. You always keep them in the freezer. Yes, I was just about to say that. <laughs> they have uh, to be in the freezer. Yes. Folks, if you're not keeping your Thin Mints in the freezer, you are doing it wrong. <laughs> the calories don't count if they're frozen. It's like cryogenics of Girl Scout cookies. Yes, uh, speaking of weight loss, it's just so on topic today. <laughs> but before we even move any further, on this day in gay history, in 1974, the Pat Collins Show, a morning program on New York's WCBS, broadcasts live from the Continental Baths. The station only receives one complaint about the episode. And was it Bette Midler about not getting her good side? Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Or Barry Manilow just being like... You didn't credit me. Yes, honestly, before he was Barry Manilow. Oh, my God. Could you imagine an entire film crew at the bathhouse? Oh, my God. I wonder if they had to wear towels, too. I Well, I mean, all the photos were... I mean, I've never been to a bathhouse, right? Yeah, me neither. It's, but before, it's before our time. Before you... our time, you know? There are none in... Well, I don't know. It's another story for another time. Shout out to you, Pat Collins, if you're still alive, and WCBS for, uh, you know... It's the it's the beginning of the trailblazing of the LGBTQ plus uh, movement in media, you know. And funnily enough, I just saw Our Lady J uh, last night, um, a concert speaking of like uh, LGBTQ plus people in media. Uh, uh, Our Lady J, if you don't know, out there writes for or wrote for Transparent, writes for pose and is a singer songwriter as well it was really really incredible and she herself talked about um exposure exposure and what it meant and you know just being denied and what it is now and that trailblazing so you know it's all really beautiful i'm here for it yeah yeah absolutely right actually there's actually a show coming out uh, like out out on television oh out in media i think it's it's an Apple TV thing. I'm gonna. Oh yeah, it's called yeah. out out on audio out, out on, on out on media out on TV out on something. Yes, yes, yes. I yes. wonder if they even know that it started, you know, on CBS in a bathhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I believe many things start in a bathhouse, uh, <laughs> including weight loss. But um, let's start at the very beginning and let's get to know Joe a little bit. Joe is a native New Yorker. Absolutely. I grew up in the Bronx. Yes, uh, yes. I actually was born in Brooklyn and moved to the Bronx at like five. So I'm a native New Yorker and I've been on this little island of Manhattan uh, for the better part of about 11 or 12 years now. Just 11 or 12 years in Manhattan. Did you ever live outside of the city? Yes, yes. Well, I went away to college, and then you know. Does that really even count? No, but I did I did try, like, suburbia, and you know this. I, I purchased a home uh, on Long Island, and I was like. I, I actually forgot yeah. that the haunted house. Yeah, you know? and I was like, no, 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 this isn't for me. Uh, you know, I work in Brooklyn, and the commute was awful, and I was like, this, I'm not about suburbia. I'd rather be in a building with a super. So, um, yeah, right? I mean, you'd rather pay yeah. you'd rather pay an exorbitant amount of rent than own a home. For a fraction of the square footage. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's what I'm going to call Manhattan math. Yeah. yeah. It just makes life easier. I mean, 
debt comes and goes. You just make a little more money, but yeah, I, or you, you don't, know. and you just get another credit card. And I don't need to live in three bedrooms. Uh, I don't even need a bedroom. Give me a studio. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I live in 120 square feet, so uh, and it's perfect. <laughs> what else do you need? Well, I, ca- I can have a list of things that I need, but that's not what today is all about. Here on In Your Mouth, um, the audience knows that I love to celebrate LGBTQIA people and the great things that they do um, in the workplace because not everybody can be a Kardashian, nor do we want to be, um, or, you know, because... LGBTQ people in media are like the Billy Porters, are the actors, are the Kardashians, are even though none of them are LGBTQ. But I think you get what I'm saying. And so we we run the gamut here on the podcast from chefs to um, our good friend Ray Meal, who's in HR, to, you know, the gamut. So let the kids know what you do and how you are excelling in your field. So um, I'm I'm. Over 15 years in as a special educator in New York City. Now I'm a little more on the administration side of it. But uh, from day one, I worked um, high school aged special education in the Bronx, uh, dual certified. So I was teaching English uh, to students that were told that they weren't going to be able to do it. And they did it. Um, and funny enough, uh, I'm, I'm not a product of New York City public schools. I'm a product of Catholic schools. Um, and that might be where the entire more so than just body dysmorphia began. But um, working in public schools was great. Um, I was able to I was always out. I was always out from the moment I started in public school and high school. Um, the first time I was asked by a student, I said yes, uh, because they needed a role model being being in the Bronx um, in the teenage years not not having not having exposure right we're still talking about exposure yeah so um and it was actually really uh exciting nerve-wracking for me and welcomed by my administration like like i was actually asked by the principal to always have that honest conversation with the kids wow that's uh, that's really really incredible because that doesn't always happen as we as we know we all saw hurricane bianca (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't know if i'd work in texas (laughs) And if you didn't see it, shout out to you, Bianca Del Rio. Um, She's taught me a few things. It, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a cult classic, and we'll leave it at that. But I think that's really beautiful that you were accepted and just able to be out and proud in in your field and excel as as a gay person. I in- ran. Uh, I I co I co coordinated the GSA at the time. Which it's called the Gay Straight Alliance. I'm not sure what they call them in schools now. This is about 12 years ago, um, which is huge. Yeah. To even even to think 12 years. ago. I mean, ago. this is before gay marriage. This is this is like at the beginning of the fight, right? This is like San Francisco allows marriage. Yes. Proposition Eight takes it away. Um, it was the back and forth. It was you know, it was right. It was before. It was the original inception of queer eye for the straight. Yeah, you know, queer. You know, queer eye. Before the Netflix special, now it was all it was it was the it was the explosion of exposure. So people needed a place to go, and we had a very very large population of students. The explosion of exposure. Are we back at the bathhouse? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we have to keep. You know, we get down and dirty here on in your mouth, but we got to keep it clean yeah. because we have an educator with us. We want we want our 
uh, LGBTQ people uh, excelling in their fields to stay in their field. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, so we're not going to get Joe in trouble today. Well, well, hopefully not. Rule number one, as an educator for myself, has always been to provide a safe space for children. Right. So more so that you can't teach a child if they don't feel safe. Exactly. So they all get to feel safe. However that looks, you make that happen. For sure, for sure. And speaking of just being out in the workplace, um, we love to celebrate people's coming out stories and tell people's coming out stories because I always say that you never know who's listening uh, from my 70 listeners in China to shout out to y'all to, <laughs> um, that's the thing, honey, um, to to someone random who randomly finds my little gay food podcast who may need to hear these things and may need to hear the stories and need to hear the coming up. And, you know, some of us have great coming out stories. Some of us don't have great coming out stories uh, and so on and so forth. And would you mind sharing yours? Uh, no. So um, I, I think I came out a little late to the game. Um, I was, I, I was done with college after, after five year stint of an undergrad um, oh, you took that extra year. Yeah, you know what? I really liked it there. <laughs> and I also didn't like to take classes on Fridays. <laughs> wait, wait, but were, were you on the DL and like college was just oh, uh, just I lived in a, like I lived in a fraternity house. I was the president of the the president of my fraternity. I mean, I was doing everything I could try to be to present and show up as a straight guy. Uh, you know, we'd have the football parties. I still don't know what goes on when we watch football. Um, so I would just make sure there were wings, right? I would make sure the, the, the food spread was good while all the guys watched football. Um, I did everything I could be to not let anybody know my secret. Yeah. All right. So, um, and that's, and that's not easy sometimes. No, no. So, uh, it wasn't until I came home and I was about, I guess the end of 22, beginning of 23 that I actually, uh, came out to a family member and to friends. And it was fine, and it kind of just, you know, it kind of grew from there, right? It was once one person knows, another person knows, and then there was nothing to hide. Um, and it was kind of my superpower, I guess, right? Like, um, however, if we can segue a little bit, I, yeah. it, as I said, like, I didn't, I don't think I presented, I, you know, some people are like, oh, everyone always knew. I think with me, they didn't, I don't, I didn't have the typical, facade or body this is super important because we haven't even touched on in the hundred some odd episodes of this podcast uh what is called passing yeah you know uh we may have touched on racially passing like passing as uh, as yes, white yeah. right although you are other right but we haven't talked about like passing as straight and passing as and what that means and you know because there was never a day in my life that i passed and for me, there was, right? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't, and I didn't hide behind that. And it actually got to a point, especially in the beginning of coming out, where it was, how dare you assume I'm straight, right? Um, it wasn't acting. It just kind of was who I was. And on top of that, I had some extra pounds, right? Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't a gym rat. I wasn't, I wasn't looking, I wasn't playing or looking the part. Um, and in the beginning, it was kind of cool because I think a lot of other guys were like, oh, you know, I got this like DL guy. And I wasn't DL. So, like, yeah, I was, yeah. you know. so there's there's so <laughs> well, there's just so much to unpack there um, between uh, looking, looking straight. Right. Whatever, whatever that's whatever that means, you know, like what does straight look like? But passing because because you had some weight on you, you know, yeah. um, 
And then the community's obsession with what looking straight is that leads to the body dysmorphia that leads to i mean we could, yeah. this could be like a four hour long podcast don't worry y'all it's not gonna be four <laughs> hour we're gonna keep it to the, the the strict 45 <laughs> i mean you actually i'm really glad that we're here together right now you know? because i think were you with me when i got my nose pierced like yes in the middle, like and that was actually something that i was probably at the heaviest of my weight and i was and i was like this can't i need something to be to make me look less straight, right? So yeah. like it was like middle of the night. I was like Munoz, let's go get my nose pierced. We I <laughs> forgot about that. The amount of people I've taken to get things pierced. Uh, <laughs> if I had a dollar, yeah. they could sponsor this podcast. Um, but <laughs> but I completely forgot about that. I remember, and I was like, "Are you sure you really want to do this?" And you're like, "Yes, we're going. We're going." And I was like, "All right, let, let's do it." But um. Yeah, just in speaking about the weight, everybody everybody has something they don't like about their bodies. Um, a lot of people, myself included, have weight issues and our weight fluctuates all the time. Has this been a constant struggle? And where do you think that came from? A sedentary lifestyle, right? I wasn't into sports. Um, I grew up in an Italian household where food was everything. You know, a New York-based mm-hmm. Italian household, food was everything. Yeah. I grew up with like... You're not getting up until you finish your plate. And then I couldn't imagine getting up without finishing my plate my entire life. Yeah. Um, I mean, I still can't get up without finishing. (laughs) Why would you waste the food? Um, There are starving (laughs) children in Africa. And I was never one of them. No. No. And why was that the excuse? Yeah, I did. Like, whatever. It's not Um, like our parents were packing up. um, The leftover pasta. To send to Africa. No. You know? Uh, So it was guilt. Um. So I ate. I mean, and here, listen, to this day now, I'm, I'm about to be 40 years old. I had, you know, up and downs with my weight. I'm still 150% a foodie. I like food. I like to eat. I like different flavors. I like sweet. I like savory. I love to cook. Um, and I, I get excited by it. Um, and it was something that was easy. Uh, I don't ever want I don't throw the word addiction around lightly. Um, but... I don't know if I had one or not, but there, there can be food addictions. And different than any other addiction, you need food to live. So you're asked to, you're asked to not touch something or abstain from something that you actually need to get through life. Yeah. Um, so then it's a control issue about how much you can actually stop. Self-control. The self-control around how much you eat and the right choices you make. Um, and I made a lot of the wrong ones. And it also the closeted stage wasn't helping. It was like, maybe subconsciously, if I, if I kept the pounds on, nobody would know my secret, right? Wow, that's, yeah, that's, and that's then, real. And then when I was ready to not have a secret anymore, and you're a little bit older, weight doesn't come off as easy. Who are you telling? Right? So, you tell, yeah. And then you're, and then you're th- thrust into this world because like, you finally, you finally got the monkey off your back. And yeah. and you're th- thrust into this world of men in speedos with abs and men in thongs dancing on bars with abs and uh, photos. Every photo you see of an advertisement for a gay party is men making out with their abs. Everybody and- has abs. <laughs> everybody had abs. I mean, you know who didn't have abs? Me and you. And me. Yeah, I mean, everybody had a six pack. <laughs> I had a keg. <laughs> That's how it worked out. Um, so yeah, that, that was the thing. And, uh, so, I mean, I, you've known me for years mm-hmm. and, um, not four years, but no, for, for many, for many, 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 many years. 
Um, I, you know, a lady won't tell won't, won't say how you know we met as children basically. Mm-hmm. So little gabies, little gabies. I was a big gaby. Uh, are so, gabies are gabies things you find at bathhouses? I don't <laughs> just strewn all over the floor. I think those are scabies. <laughs> oh, 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, can scabies live in the heat? I don't know. Yeah, That's I, another I, subject for another the time. Towels, the towels. <laughs> but it's so hot in there, oh. I've heard. Oh, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. All of a sudden, I don't have an appetite. Uh, so uh, the, the weight, like I was saying about my weight, it was something I struggled with my entire life. Um, never thought I could actually be the size I wanted. Um and I mean, I went to the gym, I did the diets, I did everything, but I had a hunger, right? I had a hunger and I, my mind, if I worked out a lot, I could eat more, which is stupid. Um, I mean, however, you can't, you can never out train a diet, right? You no, make, you can't, you can't out train the diet, even though all those Instagram models, you see them all eating pizza, pizza, pizza. Pizza. I was, my, pizza was the go-to I was thinking about. Like, if I could do an extra hour at the gym, I can have three extra slices of pizza. It doesn't work like that. Right? Oh Math God. is not my thing. And and we live in New York. Some of the best pizza Some ever. of the best pizza. I mean, have you had pizza? Sidebar. Uh, <laughs> have you had that Detroit pizza that's down on 23rd Street? No, but I think I know where we're going after this podcast. It's fucking delicious. <laughs> It's so good. And it's not even about like the having the best pizza. New York has such access to pizza. Like oh, yeah. even the shitty pizza that's a dollar at two thirty in the morning, right? Like it's whatever. It's pizza. Yeah. So who says no to pizza? Anyway. Um Vegans. <laughs> right? Not, not a life I could live. <laughs> Vegans and those with celiacs. Oh shout man. out to you. God. Right? Because vegan gluten-free pizza will never no unfortunately and i'm on your side vegans and celiacs folks but it's never one of those things like you know what i feel like right now no 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 no, no. please please keep the gluten in my muffin yes well (laughs) (laughs) don't mind if i do why don't you come up why don't you come up and keep the gluten in my muffin (laughs) (laughs) this is more fun than i thought it was gonna be um so, I mean, and then when you were doing, when you started the, when prior to the food podcast and you were doing the food blog, you, you I mean, you're still an amazing chef. And I was one of the people that loved to come over and be all, to be, on a, be at all your taste testings. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I still need to get back to some of those. Yeah. She doesn't cook very much. This, uh, this. Yeah. But I, it's, um, the journey is just interesting and the journey with our bodies and the way we feel and the way we perceive ourselves in the mirror to the way the world looks at us is just ever so interesting. Like I'm at a point right now where I hate going to the gym and I, and I try, you know, but the clothes don't fit and I'm living, I'm living my life in joggers and stretch pants. God, (laughs) I know every word to that song, right? (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's just an interesting, um, journey and thing to think about and i i just don't understand why we do it to ourselves you know because because we know the outside world is affecting us right we know that oh well that's faked a fake and airbrushed and we know that that man is probably only eating dry chicken and and broccoli (sighs) or maybe some of them out there are doing the drugs to get the bodies, right? Absolutely. Um, and, you know, no one wants a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the drugs and, do to you, y'all. And I also, 
I my other question was always, I mean, I made a million excuses on why I couldn't be skinnier. And my thing was like, all those people in the gym, do they have jobs? They're there all day long. All day right? long. All day long. And I'm like, I'm at a place called work, right? So w- when do I go? Do I go early in the morning? I have to be at work by 730. Doesn't really happen that much. So that much. means you, you would have to get up at like 334, yeah, no. get to the gym, shower, get to work, and, and, and function. And function. Or the opposite, which is unfortunately the life I live, where it's after work and you know, I I know that on paper my job's until three thirty, four o'clock, but that's not the case. I get home from work six. I I'm there at seven thirty in the morning, six o'clock. I had to actually make a choice to put myself first, and that's kind of how this journey kind of went. Where I started, um, I started doing some self help work, and it wasn't even about my weight. It was about relationships. It was just kind of about me. Um, and I realized that I couldn't be an asset to the world without taking care of myself first. Yeah, and uh, I think that's yeah. really important for people to hear uh, just because I don't think we think about putting ourselves first a lot, you no. know? And there's a reason that on a plane, they tell you to put the mask on yourself first rather than the person next to you because a dead body can't help the person next to them. Exactly. Right, so you give yourself the oxygen before you give. <laughs> was that my stomach? That was your stomach. I wonder, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if the microphones pick that up. <laughs> I picked it up. <laughs> yeah, so that's the re- like. There's nothing wrong with helping yourself first. It doesn't. You actually, you actually are enough to help yourself and others. And there's nothing cute about martyrdom, right? The, you know what martyrs have in common? They're dead. Yeah, and that's not cute. Yeah, get off you the know, cross. Somebody, everything I did for everyone else. Yeah. You can't do anything for anybody else unless you are okay. Yeah, right? So that's where it kind of started. So I tried. I did every diet in the world, um, and I paid thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, like I can go through a quick synopsis. I did one where I went to this like chiropractor, and he taped ball bearings behind my ears. And for and you had to like rub the little things behind your ears, and it was supposed to make you not hungry. I was starving, uh, and then for two days you could have like just vegetables, and then like the other two days dairy. I was starving. I was starving. So yeah, I did this. I had to switch up food, and I had to drink like special water with a pill that dissolved in it. I mean, I did every fad diet you could ever do. I tried Atkins, but I like bread. Uh, I like bread, uh, and. By the time keto came around, I'd already been on this new journey. So what I eventually did was after the gym and the diets and everything didn't work, I was like, I need to do something that's going to work. I'm insane. If I keep trying to do the same thing over and over again and keep having the same outcome and nothing's changing, that's insanity. So I uh, I decided to go the route of a gastric sleeve. I was referred to a doctor at NYU Langone by uh, Tyler Whitman of Million Dollar Listing because oh, yeah. he and I have a very similar journey. Uh, we actually worked out together when we were both very fat. Uh, so if you know New York's Million Dollar Listing, Tyler Whitman, thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Yes. Uh, you see, yeah. here on Indian Mouth, we know people that <laughs> know people. <laughs> and I get to say I know I knew them. I knew us when we were both fat, right? So, uh, and I actually told Tyler I'd be mentioning him. Oh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully Tyler. <laughs> Tyler's like, okay. Oh no, he's been he's been totally, totally open with his journey on television, um, and he made the referral to me to he he referred me to the doctor that ended up changing and saving my life, and to this day, I mean, where he's three years out, I'm over two years out of the surgery, and I'll still send him a random text like, hey, how do you feel when you eat this? At this point, we're both kind of in the same boat where two and a half years post-surgery, there's zero, there's zero remnants left 
other oh, than wow. a smaller stomach. There's nothing I can't eat. There's nothing I can eat a lot more. I can't eat as much as I could, but I could. Now it's choice based, right? Yeah. It's 100 percent choice based. Um, but that's what happened. So Tyler and I were both chugging along at the gym. He did this change. I was inspired. I reached out to him. He referred me to his surgeon. And uh, it's been the best choice of my life. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I want to hear more about this. But I want to take a quick break uh, from this story and from the journey just to give the listeners their favorite part and my favorite part of the pod a little bit of, are you ready, Joe? I'm ready. Food News Update. Nice. Yeah. News Food News. Food News. Honey, you ain't ready, girl. Spill the tea. DoorDash teamed up with a famous tattoo artist to turn people's tattoos of exes into food. Get out! <laughs> that is awesome. So every time I like look at the Klondike bar on my arm, I, it, it just reminds me of happiness and like a polar bear rather than an an awful ex. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> so this is obviously this this is the podcast that comes out right after. Uh, Valentine's Day and I just thought this was really hysterical that DoorDash did this they had this contest for you to post your uh, a picture of your tattoo of your ex's name and tell them what food you would replace it with and why do they bring it to your door then like the food no (laughs) they legit fly you out they flew three people out to LA to work with a tattoo street artist Mr. Cartoon, a.k.a. Mark Machado. Shout out to you, Latinos in the house. (laughs) And he who helped alter the tattoo regrets. Uh, Machado has tattooed some of your favorite celebs like Kobe Bryant, uh, Beyonce, Eminem and Travis Scott, to name a few. So uh, how fun. How funny is that? I mean, listen, it's going to go full circle right now, but I would never regret having a tattoo of pizza. Right, like, yeah, I would totally replace somebody with a slice of pizza, <laughs> <laughs> and that is a metaphor for life. <laughs> you are expendable and replaceable by a slice of pizza. Well, the tattoo transformations, speaking of pizza, involved pizza and sushi, breakfast foods, and a bowl of Hungarian cherry soup for a woman whose Hungarian ex left her to go back to Hungary. Wow. Wow. I mean, and is that just one person? Like, did they have a whole, like, Thanksgiving dinner of food on their back for all the exes? Or is uh, this like... No, no they, they, uh, they did three or four people. That's amazing. Thank you, Delish.com, for this article where we get all the best food news. Wow. <laughs> well, I don't... You know what? I have, I have a drunken tattoo that I like that I don't love because it's a drunken tattoo that I've considered... Um, Getting fixed, but a, a piece of me is like, oh well, that's a cute little memory. Would you cover it with food? Uh, probably. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's on my wrist. I mean, I'm not talking about like dropping French fries on it. I mean, like just really oh. covering it, like tattooing <laughs> oh. food. Oh, like, like no, <laughs> not extra spaghetti sauce on your wrist. I'm talking about would you actually cover it with food? Yeah, it's like it's like my it's like my Tom Ford <laughs> fragrance. You know, pepperoni. <laughs> well, uh, shout out to you. Uh, DoorDash, I love this idea. And shout out to the woman with the with the Hungarian cherry pie. No, a Hungarian cherry soup. Cherry soup. Yeah, that's shout a out. thing. Wow. Oh, what? I mean, all right. I need you sure. to make that. Yeah, <laughs> gotta figure that out. 
A lizard drowned in this guy's beer, so he performed mouth to mouth on it. <laughs> Doesn't that just like increase the blood alcohol content? Like he he basically blew a blew a breathalyzer into a dead lizard. Yeah, but he saved the lizard's life. Did the lizard live? Yeah, the li- spoiler alert: the lizard lives. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, did they have to like detox him slowly? Like, did he have to give him like little capfuls, thimbles of beer every day until he was like weaned off of it? Uh, uh, Maybe. (laughs) So, uh, another article from Delish.com The man who goes by Slab, according to the Daily Mail, was out with a few friends at the Amble Inn in Corvindi Beach in Australia. He left the table to go have a smoke, and lo and behold, a lizard, a gecko fell in his beer. He came back and was like, who put this gecko in my beer? And they were like, no, it fell from the tree. The gecko drank my beer. Yeah. <laughs> the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> and so he decided to perform CPR by taking his index finger and pressing lightly on its little chest. Oh. And then gave it mouth to mouth and it came to, back to life. I bet you that wasn't that gecko's first time. I bet you that gecko had, like runs a racket. He's drinking all the beer, making out with all the boys. Every day he's like a viral YouTube star. That gecko. Gecko vibes. Yeah, That's, that gecko you know was doing it. I want to drown in some hot yeah. man's beer and have him give me mouth to mouth. I wonder if that gecko had insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Joe's got all the jokes today, yes. <laughs> I wonder if it was like an IPA or a stout. You know, how, how thick was this beer? Was it like a Guinness? You know? Oh, my God. I mean, like. Or was I, it like a light beer? I wonder if it was like one of those like chameleon type geckos that like changed color out of the color of the beer it landed in. Like, did he pull him out and he was like an amber, an amber hue? <laughs> <laughs> well, Folks out there, if you want to see this man save this gecko's life, there's a video on the Daily Mail's uh, website. And you know what? You know, that's a that's a little good news for for it, this. I've heard you know? people drinking beer and like having to go bleed the lizard, but I've never heard of someone like saving the yes. lizard. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, uh, a, a a little a little bit of humanity goes <laughs> goes a long way. Geckos matter. Multiple Wendy's employees were fired after posting a video of someone taking a bath in the sink. What? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I, so they, wait, the person took a bath in the sink at Wendy's. Was it, was it an employee? I yes. have so many questions. I have so many questions. So this was happened. This happened at a Wendy's in Greenville, Michigan. So was it, it was a employee that was filmed by other employees taking a bath. Was Chili involved? Were there no, any no, no, Wendy's no, no, Chili involved? No, no, no. Frosty? <laughs> I mean, there are so, things at Wendy's that literally I would probably think about taking a bath in. Yes. No, Not no, their no. sink. This this boy, this, this skinny boy, got into their power soak sink and let it run. Oh so the amount God. of chemicals on this man's body, this boy's body, are, are worrisome oh. to begin with. But he... Oh, my God. It's a 20... Three second video, and he's quoted saying, "It feels like a hot tub, except it like burns the flesh off of you. That's not a hot tub. That's not a hot tub, Michigan. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he needed a bath. That sounds like a prison shower. <laughs> uh, apparently, you and I have very different ideas of what a prison shower sounds like <laughs> or looks like." <laughs> 
apparently, uh, obviously, the entire internet had a had a meltdown about it because it's a Wendy's and someone's taking a bath. But this is what I'm going to say about this: the man was in a sink with a bunch of sanitizer, like. Nothing's nothing's going to get infected. There's not going to be a pube in your no. in your burger. I mean, I've worked in restaurants where like people, you know, a lot of chefs wear Crocs and you throw them through the dishwasher. That's one of the like the best parts of wearing Crocs as cooking shoes is that they can get sanitized there. But I have a very very important question related to this story. Which is, if 23 employees were fired, who's running the drive-through at that Wendy's right now? <laughs> <laughs> not 23. There was just a handful of employees fired. Uh, Delish <laughs> contacted Team Schostack. Family Restaurants, sorry, I just butchered that name, which owns 56 Wendy's locations, including the Wendy's in question, and they issued this statement. This egregious behavior is completely unacceptable and counter to our safety, training, and operational standards. Upon learning of this situation, all employees in the video were terminated immediately, and the restaurant was completely sanitized. The health department visited, and the restaurant has no violations that were reported. I mean, they took employees must wash hands to a whole new level. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? Like, let's talk about, like, the systemic societal effects. Let's get deep about this. Okay. And what if, like, you know, this is a poor area, Greenville, and the man needed a bath? Like, he needed to be scrubbed down. I like, mean, he what, wanted to like, wash legit, everything. Like, what if, the, like, this is a very poor area, yeah. and this is his only job now? But this is not the case, folks. I'm being really dumb here. No, but you're right. This is not the case at all. With this, this child was being stupid. But but nobody was harmed. You know. Yeah, I know, but the the sanitariness of it all. I get it, but I was just like, ugh. I'd much rather hear about somebody jumping in the dishwasher at a restaurant than someone fucking with my food at a restaurant. Yeah, you know? You know like, so, there's tons of those yeah. stories. I have them myself. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Well, Shout out to the Wendy's hot tub. I mean, if so many people filmed it, it has to be online. We have to be. Able yeah, to it is. It. It's, okay. it's somewhere you can watch it. It's on TikTok. And with, I think that's a great way to end. Food news update. Yes. You know, just a little, just a little joy. That was amazing. Amidst, amidst some gastric sleeve. Realness. Yeah, gastric. You know what? Like. Yeah. Uh, so we back to want to go back to the gastric sleeve. Yeah, back so, to the gastric sleeve. So um, I had the sleeve done in October of 2017. Yeah. And as soon as I was cleared, I was back at the gym, and uh, I. So I, I like to to go to like boutique classes. I don't I'm not somebody to this day that can go to the gym and work out on his own. Um, I start sweating and I'm like, woohoo, I worked out. It's, but I it's very it's very New York. I like to go to boutique classes. Yeah. I just I I just can't if there <laughs> isn't like a special. It's not. I just need somebody to yell at me for if an they, hour. If they don't call my name out at the Peloton class <laughs> uh, by my like user handle, Sparkly Poops, I just can't. I just don't feel like I work out. It's, it's, <laughs> okay, exactly. Everything he just said. Um, but it's I need, very New York. Even when I was, even before I even started the gym, and years before I started the surgery, I was like, I'm gonna start running, and I literally paid someone to yell at me to run up and down hills in Central Park. Um, because I, I the second I sweat, I'm like, oh, I must have worked out. So I was going. I went back to a gym that I had successfully lost weight, however not long term, prior uh, to the surgery. So I did three to. I actually did. They were six week courses. I did three back to back plus in betweens. It was a full six months. So wait, let's let's pause a minute okay. here because 
from from point of surgery to point of being able to work out again, how much weight, if I may ask, did you lose? So at my heaviest, I was two hundred and seventy pounds. Okay. At and I'm short, so that's that shape is just round. Um, then I at the day of surgery, I was about two fifty. I think I had hit about two hundred pounds. Um, by the po- by the point I was able to. To start working out, it had nothing to do with weight loss. It had to do with stitches being healed, mm-hmm. um, not literally not popping my gut, right? Yeah, like yeah, not of reopening the wound, because um, there's a lot of internal healing. What I've learned is that that first year, the the scar tissue inside the sleeve is one of the best things that keeps you uh, not hungry. Also, inside your gut, the enzyme ghrelin is developed, and that's what that's the chemical that sends a message to your brain that you're hungry. And by stifling that, you're not hungry. So, and I wasn't hungry for a year. I wasn't hungry for a year. It was very different. That growling stomach that you just had, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I would remember I was hungry if I got up quick and was a little bit dizzy. And I was like, oh, time to have a yogurt, right? Yeah. And I hated yogurt. I always hated yogurt. And it became like a staple of my life. Like, I think if it looks like pudding, it should taste like pudding. <laughs> uh, um, which yogurt does not. <laughs> the chill of chocolate pudding. <laughs> Wait, we can't talk about him. <laughs> Strike that from the record. So I I went to the gym and I ate I you know, I I didn't I wasn't that hungry, but I ate healthy. I made very healthy choices. And I went to I went down from my highest of being two seventy to one fifty nine. I mean at one fifty nine and listen, it was an hour. It wasn't like more than an hour that I weighed one fifty nine. Mm-hmm. Um and I went down to a size 29 waist. And I think at my heaviest, I was like a 46. Mm-hmm. So a 29 waist, I'm finally almost having this gay body that I always dreamed of, right? However, let's talk about the dysmorphia. That part doesn't go away like the hunger. So on paper, because there's like some crazy, uh, this crazy chart made 100 years ago about what your body mass should be, your body mass index, which honestly, doing some research, is founded in racism, believe it or not. Um, well, I mean, not that that's hard to believe, but it is founded in this way of like denying people health insurance because people have different bodies. And at my height, my goal weight was supposed to be 145. So guess what? On paper, I was always fat. I had gone from being 270 pounds to 159 pounds with a 29 inch waist. And even still with the gay body dysmorphia of it all, right? Like you've just lost a whole lot of weight. Yeah. And and so there's like your skin needs to come back to what what it is right because like skin stretches yeah. expands and detracts and so on and so forth and are you still looking like these posters no. listen i have had abs and not had abs and even with the abs i still was like i i still don't look like that yeah. you know and i i won't i mean i get to at some point have a tummy tuck um, however, because the way weight loss is, you lose a lot, and then you always, your body always tries to fight for some of it back. So I've gained a little. I'm nowhere near I was. I'm nowhere near where I was, um, and I'm still happily well below 200 pounds. Um, however, I would like to. I'd like to get my summer body ready again. I mean, I got comfortable. Um, unfortunately, I had a hernia, so I had a little bit of a setback with the gym. But I mean, who am I lying to? I already told you, you can't out train a diet, right? Yeah. So. I'm a foodie. I've always been a foodie. I like sweet things. So, and like I said, like I said, and like how Tyler and I have discussed, there is no long-term effects at this point. So now it's like choices. It's all in the choices. Like have the grilled chicken, 
limit your alcohol. We're, we're there. Oh yeah, please, please. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> believe it or not, that's so, the hardest. That's the hardest, especially being uh, gay in this city, right? The when sugar content when everything is uh, socializing. Besides the weight loss and feeling better, I was diabetic at my heaviest weight. I was diabetic. I was taking metformin twice a day. I was on my way to taking insulin. Um, this surgery, through this surgery and working out and making those choices, I'm not even pre-diabetic anymore. I haven't been on medication since the surgery. Um, and for two months post-surgery, I would have to take my blood sugar uh, every other day to make sure I wasn't at a certain level. And I haven't been. That, and that's incredible. Yeah. But uh, what I wanted to ask you about was like side effects and things like that. Because uh, there's, uh, upon researching, there's all sorts of like crazy yeah. information. I fell down a a WebMD hole and all these like... Did you watch the video of the surgery? No, I did not. Oh my God. Oh so my God. Basically, I could, I'll could. i just explain the surgery very quickly. Uh, your stomach is about the size of a football uh, from the, the points of the football being top and bottom. And what they do is they take this thing... So you're, like, what you're saying is your stomach is inversible. What's that? Say it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'll just say right. Yeah. <laughs> So point top to bottom, your stomach looks like a football. They take this thing that looks like a curling iron that goes up and puts three rows of stitches on both sides of the stomach and then sears it in the middle. And then they pull out through your belly button the larger portion of your stomach, leaving the remaining uh, stomach that once looked like a football that now looks like a banana. There is where you have the name sleeve. So um. my stomach was shaped from a football to a sleeve or as a long banana. Uh, and Lord knows we enjoy <laughs> a long banana. Not so much football. Uh, so it depends. Well, so the side effects were um, coming back, like coming back to eating after. So I had to be on a two-week liquid-only diet to prepare my stomach and make sure there was nothing inside of it when I had the surgery. Uh, going forward, I had to thin out those shakes that I was those protein shakes that I was drinking and just have liquids and again protein shakes, no no food. After two weeks post-surgery, I was allowed to in introduce soft foods like soups, like tomato soups, um, and scrambled eggs. And and think you think think right away the things that are soft foods like mashed potatoes. You don't want mashed potatoes if you're trying to not be fat. Ice cream. You don't want ice cream if you're trying to not be fat. So yeah. you have to like really think of these mushy type foods that you can have. That's a, that's that's insane. Like just yeah. just thinking about all the work that. Um, goes into this and the amount of sacrifice you have to make to make this happen for yourself because you're focusing on yourself and you and you want to be better and yeah. it's and it's not about it's you know there's a tiny piece of it that's like for vanity's sake but the the rest of it is about self-care self-care and like you said you were almost like full-on diabetic yeah. and and taking care of your mind and and your body, and, you know, and, that's a major, major, uh, just major sacrifices and a lot of hard work listeners. I'm sure you're out there hearing like the amount of work that just goes into having this surgery is just yeah. it's no circus. Well, to be approved, you need to be on a six month um, monitor. Right. So I was monitored monthly. I had to get checked in and show that I was on some sort of weight program and that I was working towards it. And some months, I even though working towards it, I gained weight. And my surgeon said, that's all mental. Like, it's called like the last supper summer, right? Like, there, were, there was a fear in me. Like, what if I can never have a, a burger from Shake Shack again? 
because I'll always be the fat guy, right? I'll always mentally in my mind. And I wish I'd worked on my mental and mind part a little bit more than the physical and the body part, because to this day, I still see myself as a lot bigger than I am. Um, and I think I always will until I can get to a place that I don't, right? So I can keep working on that. Hopefully, one day, I'll, everything will catch up. My stomach, my shape, my waist, my mind. Well, I think it's. I yeah. think that's also important for, for people out there to hear is that it's, it's the journey. It's the self-love journey, right? Mm-hmm. And that means mind, body, heart, and soul, and the things we do to create that self-love. And sometimes that's hard. Yeah. Uh, no matter how big you are, if you have abs, don't have abs, you know, tiny, small, short, yeah. You know, whatever. Um, it's that it's that journey and the constant the constant having to work on it and work on ourselves, right? Yeah. To then project outward what we're feeling inside, you know, the best possible us. Absolutely. And unfortunately, you know, not unfortunately, I'm very grateful for the surgery I had, but I kind of thought at some point that, oh, skinny's gonna get me to that, right? And I'll be fine and Skinny doesn't last forever, and those choices I had to learn the hard way, gaining a few pounds back. That like, the the, my surgery was a tool. It wasn't a long lasting effect. It was a tool that actually dulls after a while. So um, I'm back to, and I also don't want to hate food. I don't want to hate food. Yeah. I I I love. I live in New York City, um, and as you get older, and like I said earlier, there's a lot of calories in drinking. You you have dinner parties. You go out to dinner with friends. You can have. You can have food of all seven continents in this tiny little island we live in and it's some of the best food on the planet and there's a mental hang-up on like me on, on any of us that try to deny ourselves something that makes us happy but you can make smart choices and you could also have self-control right after this podcast you and i can go get coffee and have a cookie at schmackery's but i can have one cookie i don't need to have four Right, like those are really big cookies. So. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll like, split a cookie. Those are like two yeah. and a half cookies in one. But, you know? <laughs> but at a time, but at a time, I need. There was a time in life where I needed to try every one that was on the counter. Yeah, I right. Know. So that I now I make I choose one. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I think hearing your story and hearing hearing the journey and it's so inspiring. Just just hearing the coming up of. And through the the journey of self love is is what this is kind of is what this is wrapping up to be. And you wanted to to love yourself more in a different yes. way. And you needed to do you needed to do these steps and take these steps and make these sacrifices because you saw that other things weren't working. And that's and that's beautiful. And the journey continues. The journey wasn't over. This wasn't an end all be yeah. all. And I think that's what the audience needs to hear that if this is a consideration out there for you, if this is something you were ever thinking about, right? You have to really think about are you are you committed to to the journey, whether it's the gastric bypass, this vertical sleeve, sleeve um there's a lap band. There's there's so many ba- there's a million of them. bariatric surgeries and there's a million of them out there with that, that come with a million risks, all right? Jo- oh, yeah. Because just in knowing Joe for as long as I've known Joe, right, I I haven't really delved into what this surgery, you know, is and what it, what it entails. And in researching just to talk to him today, I you fall down a very crazy hole of just like, these are the risks and this is what's great and this is what can go wrong and this is, you know? Well, anytime they're going to cut you open, there's a risk of death. 
right? No matter what it is, there's always a risk of death. That's number one. Number two, um, a lot of people, there's a shame around even meeting it and being like, oh my God, I got to this or wanting it. I got to this point and there's no going back and I couldn't do it and I failed. No, 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 no. You didn't fail by saving your own life. You didn't, you didn't fail by, by choosing you and actually having the outcome you wanted. You may have had a failed attempts at getting to where you wanted to go, but there's no, there's no cheating. There's no cheating in this. Um, there are some people that don't want anybody to know they had to sleeve. They tell people, you know, they just got, you know, that the diet worked for them, the gym worked for them, and they got a trainer, and that's their prerogative. Um, but for me, in the same way as I came out to my students, if I can help somebody, I will be open and honest and tell them exactly what I did. And sometimes I'll make light of it. I'll tell people I lost a lot of weight, and they're like, well, how'd you do it? And I'll say, my my go-to answer is, I had my stomach ripped out through my belly button, uh, <laughs> which is kind of what happened. Um, but I could have not had any success because that's not graphic <laughs> at all. <you> know? <laughs> um, I could have had not. I could have had no success with this because I could still went home and saw food is ice cream and mashed potatoes, and I could have done that, and I didn't. Um, and and I hate the word journey, and but no journey ever really ends as long as you have a heartbeat in your chest, right? You always have another day to make yourself a little better, a hundred percent better than yesterday, and or one percent better than yesterday. Yeah, Just keep make going. Make a different choice. Or... Make a different choice, or fall down, fall down, make a million mistakes, and then make a choice to get back up and choose again. You're never too far down the rabbit hole as long as you're alive. When did this become the Oprah Winfrey show? Girl, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> this has been so great and a lot of fun just to kiki with you and talk about your journey and kind of educate myself um, about this specific topic. Yeah. And... You know, just get to know you through this way because I've had a lot of friends on this podcast and I always find it really, really interesting to learn something new about people I've known for so long because you never know everybody wholly, no matter yeah how long you've known them, you know? So so thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for thank having you. me. This yeah, thank you for so sharing much fun. your story. Uh, if, you wanna, if you wanna know more about this, please go out there, talk to your doctors. You know, I always say, I love to play doctor, <laughs> but I am not one. Please go consult somebody if this is what you're thinking and then go consult somebody else, right? Go yeah. get a second opinion. Yeah, and- Choose what's right for you. Yes. Choose what's right for you. Exactly. There's exactly. no one, life is not one size fits all, right? Starting with that stupid body mass index chart. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want the kids out there to find you? Do you want to give them their socials? Sure. My, uh, it's uh, at the.joe.pat on Instagram. Uh, and start there. Perfect. Start, start there. there. Yeah. Um, uh, he would be a better source of somebody to talk to than I would about yeah. this, like kind of to maybe guide you in the in the right direction if this is something you're thinking about or if you have more questions as always if you want to send me some love you can hit me up at in yo mouth pod on instagram and twitter and send me love notes at in yo mouth nyc at gmail.com and if you hated this you know where to send your mail at the <laughs> bianca del rio <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one more time, big shout out to Joe Paternoster. Thank you so much. This has been so, so me. great. And as I always say to my listeners out there, with you, I'd be nothing. So thank you for listening to In Yo, Yo Mouth. Mouth. Oh.
will of a farmer is like no other. Forged by the strength of generations past. Propelled by the hope of what lies ahead. Unpredictability cannot shake its resolve. It wears a coat of courage and commitment. Boots made of love for the land. At BASF, we support you with tools for tomorrow. New chemistries, seed traits, and technologies. Because we know the world's future will be fed by the will of a farmer. BASF, helping you do the biggest job on earth.